listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. And welcome back to another episode of the Astros Future Podcast, presented by Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. I'm your host, Jimmy Price, also known as Astros Future, and you can find my work at astrosfuture.com and find me on Twitter at Astros Future. And I'm your co-host, Brian Hamilton, and you can find me on Twitter at bham1720. And be sure to follow the official Apollo Media account at Apollo HOU, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today on the Astros Future Podcast, we will talk about some prospects who have seen their stock on the rise, recap the last week of games at all levels, and discuss the Astros' hot hitting, and debate if the Astros can have an MVP winner. So we'll go ahead and get right into it. we got another week of minor league baseball in the books, another week of uh, numbers and stuff to look at. Um, the cool thing so far over the last few nights has been you know, the Astros have been playing the Rangers, the Skeeters have been playing the Express, and then the Hooks have been playing the Rough Riders, which is an all-Houston versus you know, Texas Rangers organization. And coming into today, well, the first two games, Astros swept at six and zero, and then yesterday the Astros won. Uh, minor leagues didn't go as well, but it's been a it's been a good start to the uh, Astros Rangers, you know, rivalry this year. Yeah, it absolutely has. Um, you know, yesterday I actually looked up the all time uh, record head to head Astros versus Rangers. I did not realize that they have like a twenty game lead in that rivalry on us. But with as, as good as we've been over these last five years, it must have been even worse than that, um, you know, before we started getting really good and before the, the Rangers basically went into a, a rebuild. Yeah, hopefully that'll, that'll continue to, to balance out and the Astros end up being on top. But so the Skeeters, we'll, we'll talk about them first. Um, they had a, a good week, man. They've been playing some really good baseball. They're 7-2 and two coming into today. Yeah. I believe Fram, uh, Framber Valdez is supposed to get a, uh, a, a rehab start today for them. But they're seven and two, and the the, the main storyline. I mean, outside of some of the guys that are really hitting that, but the one that we've been seeing a lot, a lot of uh, talk about has been Jose Siri. You know, he's he's hitting, he's got like twenty RBIs and and only nine or eight games that he's played. He's hitting four thirty six, three homers. You know, just really, we saw a lot of him in spring training, and he struggled a little bit. But his name is talked about a lot because of you know the, the struggles that Miles Straw has had. Yeah, and, you know, we got that question from one of our listeners last week about Jose Siri possibly getting called up and taking over the center field job for uh, from Miles Straw. And, you know, I mean, we can discuss Miles Straw a little later on, but he's actually been doing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, yeah, Jose Siri, he's absolutely – he's been destroying the ball. Uh, it's only eight games in, but still, like we said last week, you play the schedule in front of you, and he's doing the best with what he's got so far. Yeah, you know, and he's, he's 25. He's a guy that – if he continues to hit like this, you know, the Astros are probably going to give him an opportunity to come up and get some at-bats. I, I don't know – if it's just, you know, in a bench roll or what. But, yeah, nice to see nice to see the offense down there. I mean, the team coming in today is hitting 344 as a team. They're tearing the cover off the ball. You know, Ronnie Dawson, yep. a guy we've talked about a couple of times. We talked about him last week. But through eight games, he's got 13 walks to four strikeouts. And this is a guy that in the past has had some some issues with strikeouts. So to, so to see him hitting, you know, with that kind of walk-to-strikeout ratio, hitting for average and, and driving the ball, he's 26. He's got He's got really loud tools. You know, he's a guy that – Maybe we'll see later on. We saw him make his debut earlier this year, but maybe we'll see him later on. So really good performances right now by the offense. I mean, I know they're in hitters league, but, man, they're just – they're really, really tearing the cover off the ball. So that's another guy that can be uh, extremely valuable 
wins and he's been hitting. So, you know, he, he's carrying his own. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, and the, the, the pitching side, which once again, we, we, we talked about it last week about, you know, they're playing in a hitter's league. So people are going to look at the numbers and say, well, the numbers are inflated because of who they're playing. But the team, the, the pitching staff has a 3.42 ERA as a whole. So yep. you know, they're, they they got pitchers that are having success. And one of the guys is Brett Conine. We talked about him last week, but he had another another great start. He went five innings and in, five scoreless innings in his outing. Um, you know, Jim Callis mentioned him a few weeks ago when we had him on. And he's just a, he's a 24-year-old pitcher who, um, if it wasn't for COVID last year, probably would have had a chance to maybe push for a, a debut, you know, based on the way he pitched in 2019. So to see him start out, you know, hot like that, having two really good starts, uh, it's just it's just nice. And we're seeing the depth, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later when we get into the Astros, but the depth, I think, is going to be important just given how young the Astros pitching staff is. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you touched on what Jim Callis said a couple of weeks ago when we spoke with him, and he mentioned how, you know, the Astros, while we have a, you know, we tend to turn out those pitchers that um, – you know, they're not like Justin Verlanders or Zach Greinke's. You know, we traded for both of those guys, but we're not really like molding those types in the minors or we don't really have them there. But we still have a lot of pitchers that they get up, they're solid, they, they do what they're supposed to do. I mean, going all the way back to Dallas Keuchel, he won a Cy Young here with us, but he wasn't blowing anybody away with his stuff. Yeah, no, they do a, a, a very good job of uh, uh, developing pitchers, especially guys without, like you mentioned, that, that dominant stuff. You know, they don't you don't have to have a 99-mile-an-hour fastball to be successful, and the Astros have shown that over and over with the guys that they've brought up through the system. And I think we're kind of seeing it at the major league level. I mean, you know, even Christian Javier, you know, he'll hit 95 sometimes, but a lot of the times by it's like the second or third inning, he's sitting 92, 93, but he knows how to pitch, and he's got good secondary stuff, and then the spin rates and everything. So, yeah, you're right. right. You don't have to have the Justin Verlander, that kind of stuff to be successful, and the Astros have shown that. Yeah, I mean, we could be headed for a, you know, in a couple of years, we could be headed for a rotation that basically has a bunch of solid pitchers, but none of which that will be, you know, blowing you away with anything like with, you know, 100 mile an hour heat. But I mean, as long as they're doing what they need to do and, and successful in doing it, then that's all that we really need. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure, man. So on the hooks, we'll, we'll go down to double A <clears> now. Uh, so triple A has been, been good. Double A, the hooks. They're struggling a little bit. They're four and seven. The guy everyone was interested to see was Pedro Leon, and he, he started out pretty rough. I had the numbers for his first five games. He was like one for 19 with 11 strikeouts, not including yesterday. The, the four games after that, he was four for 16s with only four for strike or four strikeouts. So he, he's starting to hit the ball a little bit better, starting to make more contact. He had his first homer a couple of days ago. Um, and I don't know if you saw the video, but I mean, it was it was a bomb. It was 420 yep. feet, looked like it left the stadium, 106 miles an hour off the bat, I believe. And um, you know, it's going to take some time. We, we talked about it with Alex, too, that, you know, this is the first time he's played organized baseball in, in a while. So it's going to take him some time to get his feet wet. But, you know, just seeing that nice little incremental improvements from the first week to the second week is at least uh, at least something to look forward to. Yeah. And, you know, we, we did kind of highlight him because he is the top prospect. He's who everyone knows. Um, even even the fans that that you know don't pay as as deep of attention to the minors, they they tend to know who Pedro Leon is because of everything that we've been doing, um, and, you know, with signing him and moving him along through our system. So you know, we did highlight him. He did have a rough start, but you know, the all of the entire Double A team has had a rough start with the bat. You know, so it, it could just be like just one of those things right now where the whole team is is um, you know struggling, and at some point it'll get turned around. Yeah, it's, it's weird. You know, the team's hitting 168, you know, over overall. It's just – it's kind of strange because they got some guys who, who are doing okay, but then – and some guys who have, um, you know, maybe a good track record in the minors and stuff, but there's overall they're struggling. But uh, the pitching staff yeah. has had some positives, and 
one of the main positives who hopefully, you know, we might get to see today. We'll see how the Astros game plays out. But Anoli Paredes was down there doing his rehab and he pitched five innings, all scoreless, struck out nine. I mean, you know, and he's a guy that when we talk about the, the major league club here in a little bit, we can hit on a little bit more, but he had success down there in Corpus, had a, a great rehab and I'm excited to get him back on the major league team. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, He's going to be bumped up. Uh, it'll, it'll be a welcome addition to the bullpen. We obviously need um, as many fresh arms as we possibly can. You know, we saw Stanek yesterday, which we'll get into that a little later on. Um, you know, everyone has their off days, but um, obviously another fresh arm that's going to do wonders for us. And he was amazing last year for us. Yeah. And then another guy that's been, been uh, dominant down there in relief is Hunter Peck. So I, I don't know a lot about him, uh, but 24 years old, he's in double A, he's a left-handed pitcher. So far he's tossed, Four scoreless innings and he struck out nine. So, you know, it's yeah. if if you're a lefty and you can find a way to get guys out, especially with a strikeout, that's uh, it, you know, and you're going to have to have success against righties too, based on the way that the uh, MLB has has made the rules now, the, the three batter minimum, all that thing. So, nice to see the Astros getting success out of a what I believe is an undrafted free agent. You know, and he's it's early, it's only two games, but hopefully he'll be able to keep that up. Yeah, for sure. Especially like you just said, um, undrafted free agent at that point, you're just basically playing with house money, you know, and, and if you flip them to, to be a solid major league or even just a major leaguer in general, that that's great. So anything like that, man, that would just be amazing for us, especially right now while our farm system is rebuilding, you need all these diamonds in the rough as you possibly can. Yeah, no, definitely. So we'll move down to, to high A. So now we'll look at the Asheville tourists. They're four and six right now. Uh, but once again, same as, same as the hooks, they've struggled a little bit, but they've had some, some good performances. The bats overall have been a little down, but you got a guy like Luis Santana who's down there and he's got three homers, 10 RBIs. And, you know, he's, he's kind of showing what the Astros saw in him when they did get him in that JD, uh, JD Davis trade. So good Mm -hmm. to see that we're seeing Alex McKenna start to hit with some power. Colin Barber's down there. He's got a couple homers. So some, some young guys that, you know, you can look forward to Corey Lee's in like 263, which isn't great, but Mm -hmm. it's not terrible for a guy who's, you know, once again, it's his first, you know, actual games is 2019. And that was the same year he was drafted. So the offense is struggling overall, but you know, some of the young guys are at least showing something that, that you can look at and, uh, and kind of, you know, put your hopes on. Yeah. Corey Lee is the one guy that I was, I always look at whenever I look at the tourists, um, uh, you know, roster and stats just to see how he's doing. Obviously he was our last first round pick before the scandal hit and our uh, draft picks were taken away. So, you know, he's one that a lot of the fans are going to know about as well and, and want to follow along with his journey. But, you know, his numbers aren't that bad for a catcher. You know, like you said, though, it's his first full season and first season since 2019 of actually playing baseball. Another um, another catcher that I think, you know, we might end up hearing about a little bit more is Nario Rodriguez. And he's, you know, he's down in in a ball, but he's he's been able to to draw walks at a nice level. He's got 13 walks in nine games and and he's sitting 321. So it's been a while since it feels like the Astros have had a a good catching prospect. So hopefully Corey Lee will get it going. Nice to see a 21 year old Rodriguez hitting the ball and and, and drawing walks and stuff. And, you know, I had a scout tell me that he's kind of a guy that's just been overlooked, but has had success so far. and, And hopefully he'll be able to continue that trend this year. Oh, absolutely. And you're right. It has been a while since we had a pretty good catching prospect. I mean, at one point we had Jacob Nottingham and we sent him to Oakland in the Scott Casimir deal. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, Nottingham turned out to be a solid major league or, you know, an average major, uh, major leaguer, but you know, still we just haven't really had many catchers come through the system that come up to the pros and just start lighting it up. Yeah. And then on the pitching side of things down in the Taurus and, and they've, they've struggled a little bit too, but one guy I got my eye on is, is, is Jimmy Endersby. So he was signed as an undrafted free agent following the 2020 draft, which 
you know, normally you look at an undrafted free agent and you think, okay, there's there's not much to him, but it was a five round draft, so a lot of guys were signed. But a scout yeah. told me, you know, that he had a he had his choice of any team he wanted to go to. All thirty teams were after him. He chose the Astros. He chose to sign with the Astros. Twenty three year old in high A, struck out fourteen and in nine innings so far. Um, had some success in college, so he's an arm that I think a lot of people are going to start hearing about. And given his age, given that he's already twenty three, we could see him, you know, hopefully moving up to Double A pretty soon. And see, that's a real, that's pretty encouraging that we can have minor league free agents like that, even though it was a short draft because of everything going on, um, that would still choose to sign here whenever every team in, in baseball is after you. But I think that that just goes to show you just how good of a reputation that the Astros and the Astros minor league system have uh, among scouts and players and everything like that, because they know that they take care of their pitchers. They, they, they use advanced metrics. Um, they get the most out of you, you know, and not every club does that. Even now, not every club does that. Yeah, I think that's a big deal. I think, you know, people see that, you know, they see what happened with Garrett Cole and they see what happened with some other pitchers and the way that, you know, guys have gone from, you know, like Christian Javier, for instance, we just talked about a little bit ago, but he's a guy that wasn't a, uh, you know, wasn't a, a top prospect. And next thing you know, he's in the majors having a lot of success. You know, they they found a way to, to, you know, maximize guys' talent. So I think a lot of pitchers, especially coming out of college, are seeing that thinking, man, let me go sign with the Astros and see what they can do with my stuff and get to work with their pitching coaches and stuff. So yeah, that's an occur- encouraging sign, especially after the, the the cheating scandal, you know, that that guys are still wanting to come here, you know, and, and they're clearly not holding it like, you know, we see a lot of fans on Twitter, you know, constantly still keeping it on their head. You know, I think a lot of people are uh, – a lot of sane people are just over it, you know. Oh, absolutely. I, I think most people are over it um, unless you're a Dodger or a Yankee fan. They'll, ne- they'll never be over it. Um, but yeah, most people have just learned to move on and just kind of let sleeping dogs lie, get over it. Yeah. So we'll move to the next level. The, the woodpeckers, they're five and six, which doesn't sound great, but I think, uh, when we talked last week, I think they were like one and five or something. So they had a, they had a really good week, finally started, uh, you know, hitting the ball a little bit, had some good offensive performances, but real quick, I'll hit on a, a reliever that I'm, I'm pretty intrigued on right now. Uh, another undrafted free agent, Jonathan Sprinkle, he chose to sign with the Astros. He had other options. He played at central Missouri in college. And had some really some really dominant numbers. I mean, you know, striking out 15 guys per nine innings. He was uh, one of their main relievers. Well, he's come to the Astro system in, in three outings so far at Fayetteville. He's uh, struck out 11 in four innings. He's only allowed a hit. So, I'd be interested to see with him already being 22 years old. Do the Astros decide to be aggressive with him and go ahead and move him pretty quick? But once again, just nice to have, nice to be getting some contributions from guys who were undrafted free agents. You know, that can come in and, and you just following the draft you didn't know what to expect because they all got the same they all got twenty thousand. so you know, is this guy a six round pick or is he normal would he normally be a 20th round pick you don't know you just know he got twenty thousand. so nice to see them come out and have success early on right and you know like how you had just mentioned you know could he get bumped up to high a at some point i remember um you know some years back luno did an interview where he basically mentioned how the single A and I'm sorry, the low A and high A level is where you tend to start challenging prospects earlier than you would in any other level. If they come out and they start blistering the ball or, or, or just pitching really well, they, he would bump them up because he wants to challenge him. He wants to make sure that those guys are constantly being challenged. So, you know, you could be onto something there where you could see him bumped up to high A just to challenge him and see what's going on and uh, see if he's just already mastered that one level before, um, you know, before he's even before they even thought he would be ready to do that. Right. So another guy that was from the 2020 draft that, you know, there's not a lot of information about, the fourth-round pick, Zach Daniels, he was out of Tennessee, and, you know, he, he had a somewhat of a lackluster career until at, at Tennessee until his junior year. And if it wasn't for COVID, it, it would have been interesting to see where this guy would have went because he played in 17 games, 
but had, was hitting 357, had four homers, 18 RBIs, uh, 13 walks. I mean, really was was lighting it up, you know, and he ends up going in the fourth round, uh, you know, because the season gets canceled and everything. Well, the Astros, they assigned him to Fayetteville this year, which, uh, you know, we'll see how long he stays there. But early, the first, you know, week or week and a half, it was a struggle. But the last four games, he's got seven hits, uh, a home run. He's only struck out twice. So he's he's already showing some improvement from where he was the first week, which like I, you know, like we've been saying, it's nice to see these guys showing the improvements because it was their first action in, in uh, you know, act, real live baseball for quite a while. So nice to see a guy like Zach Daniels, who has a lot of loud tools, start to show that improvement already. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the one thing that we've kind of hammered on a lot these last couple of weeks when it comes to the minor league guys is that, you know, none of them played last year and a lot of them haven't played in a couple of years. So just the fact that we're seeing a lot of these guys go out and have a lot of good, um, a lot of solid contact with the bat and pitching really well over these first few weeks of the minor league season season is a really good sign. I mean, obviously, you know, we call boys of summer for a reason because, you know, that heat's going to start kicking in at some point. But still, you know, they're out there. They're playing really well. Um, we've got a lot of guys that we've been talking about that are doing a lot better than we even thought that they would be. And he's one of them. Yeah, no, and for sure. And it's nice to, like I said, nice to see the, some contributions out of those guys and hopefully they can Hopefully they can get comfortable and we start seeing, you know, what led to him being that fourth round pick. And I think we're starting to see that already. So I figure we'll talk yep. about a couple of guys who we can look at and say, you know, this guy's a stock up or a stock down. We got a few, you know, we got about a week and a half, two weeks of games to look at. And we've already talked about the stock up guys, Ronnie Dawson, the way he's drawing walks in limiting the strikeouts is real big for him. A guy with his power and his speed, if he can draw walks and limit the strikeouts, that's really going to change, you know, the, the, the way you look at him as a prospect and, you know, he's a solid defensive outfielder. So um, good to see that from him. We've mentioned Brett Conine and the, the two solid starts he's had. And then Jonathan Sprinkle, who I just talked about the reliever um, who, who struck out 11 and four innings. So those guys are, are definitely on the rise. One that I noted that, that I would say would be stocked down at this point is, is Ross Adolph. And the Astros got him um, in a trade. He came over from, from the Mets organization and with the Mets, he had some some solid numbers that after he got drafted. You know, he had a, a he hit like 276, stole some bases, hit for extra base hits, drew walks, and he struggled a little bit in 19. And you know, this year he's 24 playing in double A. And I really hoped he would kind of kind of get things going and and you know, kind of get back to where he was when he first got drafted. But so far he's only three for 27. And he struck out 12 times. So it's been a struggle for him. Like, like I said last week, it's hard to, to form an opinion and say this guy's stocked down is after a week and a half. But, you know, he's, he's been struggling a little bit, so hopefully he'll get it turned around. Yeah, and I mean, like you just said, it, it is kind of hard to say that after a fir- the first few weeks, but you at least get him on your radar, someone to follow along, especially whenever you expect a little bit more out of him, like you were just saying. You know, you were hoping to see him pitch a little bit better this year so that, you know, he could be in one of those arms to watch for coming up the pipeline, you know? So, I mean, we're not necessarily dumping on anybody, but we are thinking that they, they, they could be better and hopefully will be better, uh, you know, as the season goes on. Yep. All right. Well, coming right up, we'll recap the last week of Astros games and how they are rolling. And we'll get to that in just a moment. And continuing on here at the Astros future podcast presented by Apollo media. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and drop us a review or leave us some stars. So as we left the last segment, we kind of hinted on it a little bit, but talking about the Astros and the first thing that I want to talk about that I've been thinking about a little bit over the last week is, is uh, you know, the, the, the innings that a lot of our young starters are, are starting to rack up. So the numbers have been phenomenal. You know, you look at, you look at uh, Luis Garcia, he's got a 3.34 ERA. Javier's at 3.08. McCullers coming into today's at 3.10 and that's going down or Kitty's at 3.22 really good to see those but like Javier and Garcia this is the first time 
you know, other than maybe last year for Javier, but where they're really pitching consistently deep into games every five days. And I think, I, I think that's going to, you know, start showing. So I know yesterday there was a little bit of report. They talked about Luis Garcia's velocity being a little bit down. He muscled through, got, you know, got through his five innings, allowed one run. He's pitching phenomenal. But I think that's where we're going to have to see the depth of the Astro system really start to come in and help out because, you know, these guys are probably going to need a break. They're probably going to go on the 10, you know, 10 day IL, you know, just for, for a rest or however they want to, however they want to word it. And I think that's where we're going to end up starting to see maybe the guys like a Peter Solomon or a Brett Conine, like we talked about, come up and get some spot starts to kind of give our current starting staff a break. I mean, I know we got Oda Rizzi and Valdez coming back soon, and that's going to help out a little bit too. But I think, you know, we're starting to see that depth. I mean, you know, the Astros lost Valdez for all the way to this point. Oda Rizzi's been terrible, and yet our starting rotation is still funneling funneling good outings out there, you know, through, through Javier and Garcia and Urquidy. And, yeah, I think, you know, people are down on the Astros system, but I think this is just kind of showing the depth that they had on the pitching. Yeah, absolutely. And like we were talking about uh, recently, uh, this is something that the Astros have done for years. Whenever we have a young pitcher who's not used to throwing this many innings, they'll use the IL stint. They'll put him out there for a week and a half, two weeks, while we bring somebody else up just to kind of give them a break. They'll use some random reason. But, you know, and, and obviously that is absolutely what's going to happen. We've already seen uh, Christian Javier go to the alternative site uh, once already this year. I don't even know how much he actually pitched or played down there. I don't even think he did anything. Uh, it just kind of gives you a break. And, you know, Garcia, I think, is one that we're going to see that happen. Um, we talked about earlier that um, Paredes is, is being activated, you know, or Kitty's going on the, um, the I.O., but that looks to be like a legitimate actual issue right now. Yeah. But, you know, obviously that is something that we've done over the course of the last, what, five or six years, and I don't see any reason why we wouldn't do it now. It's not tandem starting like we used to do in the minors or still kind of do, but it almost kind of is like tandem starting. You know, you, you bring a guy up, and then you're going to send them right back down after a couple of weeks whenever the other guy's ready to go. Yeah, and it's, it's a way to keep, you know, keep the arms fresh for 162 games, especially, you know, last year we had a, a shortened season, so Javier didn't pitch that, you know, and then the minor league guys, they, they probably threw some innings down at the, you know, the, uh, the camp and stuff. But overall, last year, it wasn't your normal year, so I think guys are still kind of getting back to, uh, you know, the full season thing. So the Astros playing a lot better baseball recently. They won five in a row coming into today, currently – leading the Rangers right now as we talk. And um, so seven out of nine, they're only a half game back of Oakland. It's just, it's nice to see them start to roll. I think I texted you a couple of days ago and I said, I'm ready for them to run off, you know, nine of 10 or something like yep. that. And with a win today, they'll be running off eight of two. So, or eight of 10. So just nice to see them really get rolling. And, and I think we're seeing the contributions throughout, you know, it's not one, one side of the team carrying, it's not the offense or just the pitching. It's just been really good baseball over the last, you know, week and a half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're half game back of Oakland as we record this. Right now we're winning and Oakland is losing. So, yeah, you and I were talking about that earlier in the week where it would just be nice to see us just go on like a, a tear right now. Um, maybe not necessarily win 10 in a row, but, you know, do like what we're doing right now, which we're in, we're in the midst of possibly going 8-2 over our last 10. So that's the kind of uh, the baseball that the Astros are, are tended to, to, you know, they tend to be expected to play like that. Um, we did have a little bit of a rocky start, but we look to be right back up on it. And yeah, I mean, they're just, they're, they're playing so well right now on both sides of the ball. Yeah. So, you know, we had the series against the angels at home. They won two or three there that they, they lost the first game. And that was one that Garcia just kind of ran out of gas and the bullpen ended up giving it up. But yeah. after that, we had the, the Shohei Otani versus McCullers outing where, you know, McCullers struck out nine over eight. So Tani was great too. And then the Astros, you know, opened it up late. It's got a went up two to one. You know, Guriel had that big three run home run to kind of put it up, you know, put us up five to one and really seal it. 
The next game they come out, offense goes off, win 9-1, to but that's where we got some bad news. Jose Arcudi came out of the game, and now, like you mentioned, he's going to the I.O. with shoulder discomfort. So he's he was kind of a dark horse guy that I thought I could see, you know, I could see him getting like some Cy Young votes because he just seems like a, a quality guy who maybe is going to win you 15 games and have an ERA in the mid-threes and – you know, in the way things are going, I could see him, you know, getting some kind of vote, but um, it's unfortunate for, that he goes out because he pitches fast, he pitches deep into games, and hopefully he won't be on the IL too long. Yeah, I, I was actually, I was actually pretty encouraged to buy early results from whatever tests that they ran on him because the mm-hmm. fact that his fastball uh, dropped by what was it like five, uh, yeah, five miles was, an hour yeah. uh, over the course of an inning which amounted to what, like 20 minutes. That was pretty concerning. Sure. Uh, Correa, I, I believe is the one who saw it because he's the one who was motioning for, for them to come out and check on him. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that immediately made us start thinking the worst, but the fact that he's, that he's likely not lost for, for a significant time uh, that that's really good. But, but yeah, man, the, uh, the series against Anna or against the angels was, was really good. Uh, that first game we had it, we were, we were in the driver's seat, but then like you said, Garcia just ran out of gas uh, we went on to win the next two. Uh, it's just it's looking good right now. Yeah, then we we you know we're still at home facing the uh, Arlington Rangers, and you know we're in a four game series. And and I remember before the series starts, and you know me and you and Alex were saying, man, we need we need to sweep the Rangers. We're a better ball club than they are, and so far they they've kind of shown that. You know the the first game, Javier started, he struggled a little bit, gave up three un- or three runs mm-hmm. early, and the next thing you know, he goes seven innings. You know, his, his longest outing of his career. The Astros win in a walk off wild pitch. So nice to get that out of the way. And then after that, Grinky goes deep, goes seven innings, offense puts up 10. And then we saw what happened yesterday where Garcia, you know, allowed one run over five innings. The offense did did enough. You know, they they, they added on some insurance. The bullpen gave up some runs. But then we had Ryan Presley come in, and, and he just slammed the door like he has all season. And, and I, will, I know we'll hit on him here in just a second. But nice to see us win three in a row. You know, like we talked about, they're up right now as we speak. So just good to be uh, to be getting some really good baseball. You know, one thing that you and I have, have consistently said, whether it's our, our minor league system or our big league club, is you got to play the schedule in front of you. So if, if you have people say, oh, well, yeah, well, you're only doing it against crappy pitching right now, or, you know, you're not supposed to beat that team that many times, well, you play the schedule in front of you. And I keep saying this, the Astros are playing the schedule in front of them, and they're not looking inferior or overmatched at all against anybody right now. Yeah, we lost two out of three to New York. But then we've come right back and we've just been, you know, slapping around the Angels and the Rangers. It's, it's just it's what the Astros do. They're, they're built long term. They're built for the here and now and for the future. And we keep seeing it every night, man. I mean, we either see a dominant pitching performance. We have some guy, one or two guys with a bat that are just, you know, killing the ball. It's really nice to see, man. I mean, it's, it's great to know that on any given night you're going to see a stellar performance. Can, can we just talk about how dominant Ryan Presley has been? Like, I remember when the Astros traded yep. for him in 2019, and I remember we gave up uh, a couple of prospects that I, I was kind of excited about. And, you know, you're getting a guy <clears throat> at the time, 29-year-old relievers got a 3.40 ERA. So you're like, it's kind of a – I mean, okay, it's an, another reliever, but, man, I did not expect to be getting the guy we got. Yeah, we got 2018 dominant, 2019 just dominant. Last year, ERA was up a little bit, but, you know, it's a reliever. So you have one bad outing, your ERA balloons. And then this year – 1.5 GRERA. He's leading the, the the league in games finished. He's got seven saves, but he's finished uh, 15 games. He was only walked three and 18 innings, and it just the guy has just been dominant in an Astros uniform. And man, that, that's it's really been a really good trade. Yeah, and even the extension that he signed looks like a bargain right now from our standpoint. You know, we talked about him in one of our first episodes when we were saying how you know there were some guys last year who you didn't play as well as we thought that they would play. You know, we finished uh, 29 and 31 last year. 
Presley was kind of up and down, but it was such a weird, fluky season, you know, and, and you and I both said that we didn't have any concerns about Ryan Presley. We knew he was going to go right back to what he had been doing uh, ever since he'd been a Houston Astro, which is completely dominate the opposition. I mean, you're going to have off nights. He's going to have one here and there over the course of the season. But, man, you're right, dude. He has just been completely dominant since he's been here. Um, not many people had even heard of him whenever we got him from the Twins. Mm-hmm. Now he's just a household name across all of baseball. And, you know, Ryan Stanek, another guy that's been dominant. I know he had a rough rough outing yesterday, but he, he's been really good. But another guy yeah. that's, that I think we've seen Dusty start to trust a lot more has been Brian Abreu. And over his last nine games, he's yep. allowed one earned run. He struck out 12 and 10 in a third inning. So I think we're starting to see him – you know, really, really gain the trust of, of Dusty Baker, and he and he's getting opportunities, and he's also performing well. You know, not just the trust of Dusty Baker, but you know, I know you do this just like I do. You kind of get the pulse of Twitter, where you hear the, you see what the fans will say about certain players, and how that kind of starts changing. You know, we're, we're seeing it right now with Brian Abreu, and you're also seeing it with Kyle Tucker. But with Brian Abreu, there's one tweet that I, I don't remember who did it, but it just got uh, quote tweeted or retweeted under my timeline where they were like, oh, God, no, please not Brian Abreu, not in such a close game. And I, I want to say, like, since that tweet, he's just been nails for us, man. I mean, he's been solid. You're not going to get Billy Wagner's and Mariano Rivera's in, 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 at every spot in your bullpen. You're going to have guys that don't blow you away. But Brian Abreu has the stuff, man. Like you said, He's been pitching really well lately. Yeah, and, and he's – I think after Presley and after Stanek, which I know he had his one bad outing, but after those two guys, Abreu's the next up that I think yep. you probably trust. And then, you know, we've seen Andre Scrub have some good outings recently too. So you mentioned Kyle Tucker, a guy that was taking a beating a <coughs> lot on social media in, in April. But, man, he's really turned around. Has, has had a really uh-huh. good homestand, four homers. Before today, he was 13 of 33 on the homestand with those four homers. And I put the numbers down. Chandler Rome tweeted out, but his just in this homestand, his OPS has gone from 605 to 774. So we mentioned it. It felt like every week, you know, hey, here's a guy who is his average exit velocity is phenomenal. He's barreling balls. He's got a nice hard hit percentage. You know, everything looked good. And then you look at the numbers and they just weren't there. And now he's up to, to 230. He's first on the team in homers, second in RBIs, fourth on the team in war. And that's with, you know, that, and that's with a really, a really yep. rough start to the season. So he's a guy 24 years old that I think the Astros are going to continue to build around. And it's nice to just see him start to get that, that luck that we knew was there. Yeah. It's like you just said, he's, he's having all of those great numbers, home runs, runs better in all that good stuff. And that's with all the bad luck he's had. Just imagine how much better his numbers would look right now. If he had found the gap a little bit, or if a fielder hadn't made an amazing play or something like that, you know, but, but he, is, he is one of those guys, man. We drafted him in the same draft as Alex Bregman, but Kyle Tucker was a, uh, a high schooler. So mm-hmm. he took a little bit more season down in the minors. But that has been one guy that even the previous regime who drafted him in this one, they have stood by him. There is talent there, and everyone is going to see it. He, um, I know not everybody goes by batting average, but along with um, raising his OPS uh, you know, all the way up to 774, he's also getting up into the 230s now, and he was hitting like a buck 90 yeah. just like a week ago. So just raising your batting average that amount, even for those that don't uh, look at batting average as an actual stat, that's still impressive for him to do in such a short amount of time. Yeah, and you know, like I said, he's second on the team in RBIs right now. Um, first in homers last year, he was second on the team in homers, first in RBIs. So he's he's found a way to to continue to to drive in runs and continue to produce. And um, it's just nice to see that from a guy who I think most of us are counting on to to kind of fill you know step in and fill that role as the another star on the team now that George Springer's gone. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we talked about that in one of our first episodes, maybe in the first one, how um, 
you know, he's not going to play the exact same position that Springer played of center field, mm-hmm. but the Astros were counting on him to replace Springer from a production standpoint. And I mean, right now, I mean, obviously, because George, unfortunately, has been injured for most of the season. Right. Um, he's, he's done that so far. Now, long term, who knows? And I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. But uh, Tucker's just been playing really well for what's been going on. It's uh, He's just had some bad luck, but that kind of thing tends to turn around. And we're already seeing it turn around. So in our next segment, Brian and I are going to debate whether some Astros players could be MVP candidates and the chances at some other awards. And I know that may sound a little funny, but we'll get into it here in just a moment. And welcome back in here at the Astros Future Podcast presented by Apollo Media. So this segment, we're going to talk about some MVP voting and how the Astros cheating scandal may contribute to this. So we've been talking about it for a little while, Brian, off the air, but you know we've been texting about it and stuff. And and we got guys and Yuli Gurriel and Jordan Alvarez and Alex Bregman, uh, you know, who can be potential MVP guys. I mean, you know, Gurriel, his numbers right now look like an MVP. I mean, Alvarez is you know hitting homers and hitting three forty. So, but how? How is the you know how's the scandal going to affect the voting? I mean, we didn't get to see how it played out last year since the Astros unfortunately weren't very very good. But you know, we've seen still on a national level the way that the Astros are like kind of getting attacked for the the cheating scandal and guys that maybe weren't even involved like Alvarez. So, what's your take on that? I know you got some thoughts on that. Yeah, it's something that something that you and I have talked about uh, quite frequently. But here, here's here's where I'm at on this. You know, you've got sports writers who started this the whole. I mean, I, obviously Mike Fires is the one who let the cat out of the bag, so to speak, about this entire cheating scandal or, or sign sign stealing scandal. But then the sports writers just kind of took it to a whole other level. Guys like Evan Drellich, Ken Rosenthal, especially Buster Olney, um, a little bit of Jeff Passan. But you still see these guys taking shots every now and then at the Astros. And Yuli Gurriel was here during our MVP, or I'm sorry, during our World Series year, during the year that the uh, sign stealing scandal was going on. So it does make me wonder that whenever you've got sports writers casting ballots for MVP, for Rookie of the Year, for Cy Young, stuff like that, well, not necessarily Rookie of the Year, because in that case, it wouldn't have anything to do with the sign stealing scandal. Mm -hmm. But any guy that was associated with the team back then, it makes me wonder just how much of a look that they're going to get for an award. Someone like Yuli, who is just killing the ball right now. And I mean, we obviously, we know he's going to go through slumps just like every player in baseball does. Mike Trout goes through slumps. But it just, there's just that part of me that wonders if we're going to get, if they're going to get a fair shake at an actual, um, you know, award like a Cy Young, like an MVP, because you still got those national writers who are still inciting this. They're not doing it as much as they did a year ago, but it's still there, man. Um, you know, there's a reason why in a couple of weeks, whenever we play the Dodgers, while we're on national television, not just on our local broadcast, they do that on purpose. They want everyone around the world to know that the Astros cheated. Uh, I'm using air quotes with cheated here, um, that the Astros cheated, that all fans should hear that they're going to get booed whenever we play an opposing team like the Dodgers, like the Yankees, um, and like the Red Sox, because we had to go through all of those teams to win the world series. So it just, it's just one of those things, man. You know, I can be completely off base here. We can see Yuli hit 50 bombs and get an MVP. But it just makes me wonder how much we're, gonna, we're really going to see them get a fair shake at things. Just two years ago, um, Alex Bregman was runner-up to Mike Trout for the MVP. Mm-hmm. Now, you've got the people – you go back to the Barry Bonds years when, you know, Barry was just the best player on the planet. There's really no reason to vote for anybody else because he was just so amazing. You've got some that will start to do that nowadays with Mike Trout. Um, 
I could have seen it going either way. If Alex had gotten MVP in 2019, I wouldn't have been upset at all, obviously, because I'm an Astros fan. I love Alex Bregman. But you're going to have those kinds of players who just say no matter what, well, you know, it's Mike Trout. He was going to win the MVP no matter what. I just don't want that to be the excuse. I want to see our guys get a fair shake at it, no matter if they were on the team in 2017 or not. Yeah, you know, last year, George Springer got – he was like – he received a vote for MVP, and that was it. That was it on the team. You know, Framber Valdez – got one vote and finished 11th in the Cy Young voting because one person voted for him. And then for the rookie of the year, you know, Christian Javier was phenomenal. He finished third. So like you mentioned, we'll see how the rookie of the year plays out, but the Astros have candidates right now that, that like you mentioned, can be either MVP or Cy Young or rookie of the year. I mean, we talked about it last week about Luis Garcia, maybe, maybe being the the biggest rookie contributor. And at this point, he's got a 3.34 ERA. And if he continues pitching like that throughout the season, you know, he's going to be on that list of, of one of the top three candidates maybe for Rookie of the Year. And then on, on the Cy Young thing, too, you know, McCullers, six scoreless today. His ERA is down to 2.70. So if he keeps that up, we're going to have a guy who was here on, in 2017 and McCullers in, in pushing for a Cy Young award. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, how they hold, you know, the past against the Astros. Because, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of people think that the Astros didn't get the proper punishment for, for everything that happened. So – It'll be interesting to see how they vote on that and how the Astros, you know, handle it. Move. I know they don't really care. I mean, it's nice to be honored as an MVP or a Cy Young, but at the end of the day, all they care about is winning another World Series. You know, and if, if they win a World Series and they don't win any of the any of the awards, I don't think they'll really care. Right, and you know, it goes on. It, it, you know, it also goes beyond the field. And like, if, if we can kind of like reset our brains to pre-cheating scandal here, Jeff Luno never won Executive of the Year despite what three straight hundred win seasons and turning the complete turning the entire franchise around. Mm-hmm. Not just the big league club, but the entire minor league system. You can say what you want about, well, he had the number one pick this many years in a row. Well, oh, well, you know, he, he did the job in front of him and he did a good job at it. Uh, A.J. Hinch never won manager of the year. It, it's just one of those things that was just so odd to me. And it seems like with manager of the year, it just kind of seems like they always give it to a manager who takes a team that wasn't chosen by, uh, you know, like like predictors to, to win a division or to win uh, a wild card spot. Which, right. I mean, you know, that, that's going to be your barometer for it. That's totally okay. But it's just odd to me that, you know, Luno never won an executive of the year. Hinch never won manager of the year. And there were all of those, you know, rumors and, and you know, mumbles uh, throughout the years that Jeff Luno was not very well liked around mm-hmm. baseball. So, you know, you just have to have to wonder if that even plays into this as well. Right. You know, try not to go full on conspiracy theorist here, but you know what I mean? It's just... Just one of those things that was just odd to me. I don't yeah, even well, think Jeff Luno was in the top three in executive of the year voting his entire time in Houston. Hinch so did I'm, finish runner-up. Yeah, so I'm looking at, you know, manager of the year. In 2019, which would have felt like the year Hinch maybe would have gotten it, right? They won 107 games. They're clearly the best team in baseball. He finished his fifth, you know, and I know that yeah. the Astros had a good team, so people were going to say that, you know, oh, they, won, they won 100 and whatever it was, 103 or 105 games the year before, and that's why, you know, he didn't get it. But I'm looking here. Bob Melvin got it in two, in 2018. They won 97 games. The Astros were, you know, AJ AJ Hinch was fourth. He won 103. So go back another year, 2017. Where did they finish? Uh, that was the year that AJ Hinch finished third. First was Paul Molitor with the Twins that went 85 and 77. So it's like, you know, yeah. What do you have to do to to win that award? You know, it, it's and I, I don't I don't know if it's an you know an anti Astros bias. I don't think it is, but it's just it's just weird to not to not see that to not get you know, and just like you mentioned with Luna, to not not get the uh, 
the awards that you would you would kind of expect. So hopefully it'll hopefully it'll pan out and hopefully Astros will just, just get the awards that we expect. But like we said, at the end of the day, if they go deep into the postseason, they win a World Series. I don't give a shit if they don't they don't have anybody get an MVP yeah. vote or a Cy Young vote. Just let's go win another World Series and shut everybody up. Yeah, absolutely. And even if they went by uh, and just one more thing. Thing. But even if they went by the whole like, well, if they come out of nowhere, then, you know, we, we kind of we tend to, you know, award managers for that. Well, look at 2015. Nobody picked the Astros to do anything. Everyone picked the Texas Rangers to win the division. Jeff Bannister gets manager of the year. A.J. Hinch was runner up. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of just seems like if you're going to follow one method for other years, you follow it every year. You know what I'm saying? And, and I agree with you. I don't think that there's some sort of anti-Houston bias at all. But it does make me wonder, though, with the uh, MVP and everything, if they're going to hold that scandal against anybody who was involved on that team. Yeah, I mean, if, if we really want to talk, you know, like conspiracy against Houston, we can bring, you know, our buddy Ben DuBose in and he'll, he'll tell us oh, about yeah. like the whole Scott Foster in Game <laughs> 7 against the, the Warriors and all that stuff. So I know there's people that do believe there is the anti-Houston bias, bias. And I think, I think we've seen it. And I mean, I, I'm, you know, we're not the Dodgers. We're not Los Angeles. We're not New York. So we're not going to get that that publicity that I guess you normally see for those teams. But, you know, the Astros, man, I, 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 you know, take away last year and I was looking at the numbers again, just kind of reminiscing, thinking just how freaking good they were in 17, 18 and 19. You know, I mean, yep. the best team in baseball three years in a row. I know like, you know, one year the Red Sox won more games, but I mean, just the consistently good teams. And um, I really hope that they're back to that this year. They're, they're looking like it. You know, I think we got lucky getting Dusty Baker when, you know, how we did. I mean, I, I think we all loved AJ Hinch, but, losing a manager like him and then being able to bring in a guy like Dusty Baker and and even James Click it just felt like you, you hate to lose those guys who got you all the success but man the two guys who hired in position of those guys are really good hires you know and one thing to keep in mind about that as well uh, Jimmy is you know there's only five or six players still left on our team from 2017 not many more from 18 um and that should be that, that should be very encouraging for Astros fans because we're still, you know, running through the opposition. We're still building for the future while building for now and winning right now. So um, just the fact that we don't have the exact same team as back then and yet we're still winning, that's pretty encouraging. And, yeah, you're absolutely right when it comes to Dusty Baker and um, uh, James Click, especially with, with Dusty, because you saw a lot of people that were like, oh, no, we don't need Dusty Baker. This isn't 2001. He's going to kill our starters' arms. None of that stuff has happened. He's been fantastic. And really, if we want to talk about manager of the year candidates right now, he should be right there, especially with the way he's handled the pitching staff this year. Yep. And, and, you know, I think the only complaint that we had is like yesterday, I think it was yesterday, right? Or maybe the day before that he, he gave Jose Altuve a, a day off and they started Robel Garcia. Oh, yeah. and he hits Robel <laughs> Garcia lead off and the guy like strikes out a ground, twice and grounds a double play. So I don't know why he does that. He did it today. They gave Jordan the day off. He bumped Gray up to two, and he kind of he kind of moved the lineup around a little bit. Just didn't you know automatically sub a guy in. But you know that's just that's kind of what Dusty does. But at the end of the day, you know the Astros are twenty three and seventeen. If they win today, they'll end up you know taking over the division as long as Oakland continues to lose. But you know you you talked about it and about how we continue to have success. But that just shows the 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 value of a minor league system. You know if back in two thousand you know eighteen or nineteen or maybe all the way back to seventeen win the World Series. Tucker was on his way up. You had just traded for, you know, Jordan Alvarez. You didn't expect that. And now these are two of your guys that you expect to completely build around that you think can be maybe, you know, MVP candidates for years to come. So that, and then you look at the pitching, you know, and or, or Kitty and 
uh, Javier and Garcia and Brian Abreu and all these guys that didn't contribute to that 2017 and now are you know mainstays that have gr- come through the system. So I think the Astros have just shown how important it is to have a deep system. It doesn't have to be a top prospect. <coughs> I get into arguments about that. It feels like all the time on Twitter where people are saying, oh, this guy, you know, Miles Straw or Ronnie Dawson, you know, he's not they're, they're not 21 years old. So they're 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 past their time. And I'm like, man, guys break out, you know, late like Justin Turner turned in to be a, a really good player in his first like good season was at like age 29 you know Jacob DeGrom didn't debut until yeah. 26 I think McHugh you know pitched with us when he was like 27 like guys sometimes take a while a, a little bit longer to, to finally get it so you know the Astros well, have yeah. just shown how building a deep system you don't have to just sit there and look at oh well how many top 100 guys do you have and how many you know how many um you know under 21 year old prospects do you have that can come up and contribute it's not just about that it's about really just building a deep team from top to bottom. Yeah, absolutely. Just added another name to your list, uh, Dallas Keuchel. I mean, he didn't become Dallas Keuchel until he was in his mid to late 20s, man. So, I mean, it takes time. And not everybody comes up and just starts murdering the ball. Yep, yep. So that's – and that's – I think, you know, patience is big. And I know it's hard to be patient when you're expecting a World Series. You know, like like you look at, like, the Rockets this year, right? Like, you can be patient with Kevin Porter and the guy – you know, what those guys are doing. But it's hard to be patient – when the expectation is we need to win a World Series and you got a guy like Miles Straw who's out there struggling. But, I mean, we, we've seen it. We saw the Astros. Where they had J.D. Martinez. They were patient, but they got to the point where, like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and, you know, let him go. And then we he goes to Detroit, and I actually pulled up the numbers earlier. Since he's left the Astros, he's hit 304 with a 941 OPS and 224 homers. So, I mean, yep. uh, probably one of the best power hitters in baseball since he left the Astros. Like, you got to be patient. you got to give these guys time. And I think we're starting to see that, you know, with some of these guys that are performing in their mid-20s, and hopefully that 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 trend will continue to, to happen. Yeah, absolutely, man. I completely agree. Patience is the key there. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't already done so, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And be sure to follow at Apollo HOU for blogs, merch, video, podcasts, and more original Houston sports content not found anywhere else. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode of the Astros Future Podcast, covering your Astros and the minor league system.